Before we get into the next episode of the Conjugate Chats, I want to thank the Department of Young Strain Coaches, the DOYSC, for sponsoring today's episode. The DOYSC is to help young coaches into the field of strength conditioning, whether that is CSCS prep, live discussions, internship or GA opportunities, or anything else strength conditioning related. They are here for a resource for young strength coaches going into the field of strength and conditioning. I'll drop the link in the description to the DOYSC's Discord so any young coach can have access to this awesome resource. So thank you for listening to the Conjugate Chats and the DOYSC for sponsoring today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats with your host here, Coach Raspberry. I have on here Don Day, uh, Director of Olympic Sports. Don, how are you doing today? Good, man. Just uh, living the dream. Uh, got some time in between uh, athletes that come in. You know, it's uh, summer, so my, my my weight room flow of my athletes is pretty low. I got uh, one lady for the soccer team, been trained all summer. I have more soccer players coming back, a few baseball players coming through. Uh, I had a rifle guy come through today. Uh, he's going to be back for the rest of the summer. So just a hodgepodge of different athletes. So uh, just getting after it, man. I can't wait till they all get back. That's why I do it, you know? Man, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your kind of road to strength conditioning. Well, uh, you know, I am just uh, just a strength guy, I guess. I, You know, I uh, – I'm Don Day, obviously. Uh, I was uh, a football player at the University of Finley. Uh, from there, I went on through my my career, been a GA at Akron, uh, head guy at Buffalo, uh, head guy at uh, Georgia Southern, director, head guy, director, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was the director of uh, <laughs> football, sports, performance, nutrition at the University of Arizona for uh, a time being, yeah. Yeah, when you That's create awesome. your own thing or you get tasked of creating something, uh, you you put the title you want on it on your resume, right? So uh, that was that wasn't fun though. That was terrible. It was miserable, but it was like cool to like look back at now. Like you know, what I mean, when you're going through conditioning in high school, you're like, oh, that was terrible. But looking back, it's funny. So like looking back now, it's fun and funny. It was cool. Uh, and here I'm director of Olympic sports at uh, Murray State. And I've been a bunch of other places. I've Done some good things, done some terrible things, done some bad things, done, you know, all sorts of stuff on my way to just try and get better every day and, you know, make a positive impact in life, man. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of a interesting road you got there, you know, kind of been all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, someone told me I move around like a sports coach, but I just – life's too short to like box yourself in, you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. like I need to know what box I'm operating in, right. When it comes to a job or whatever that might be. But when it comes to, uh, you know, my life, my personal life and like my career, I think the best career people are the ones that take risks and bet on themselves. And like, I'll keep taking risks. I'll keep betting on myself. And it's been going pretty good for the last 11 years. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, why the field of strength conditioning? Why not something else? Why why this field in particular? Well, I'm not good at anything else. 
So <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, I'm not. I wrote a book. I think I sold uh, five copies outside of family. So, yeah, I didn't become like the J.K. Rowling of strength and conditioning. Uh, but uh, I, I chose this field really because my strength coach in college was like a huge impact on my life. And I kind of want impacted other people's lives. You know what I mean? There's like a quote that always sticks in my head about uh, whatever your capacity is to make more followers, like make more disciples. And this is obviously a Bible quote, but like whatever your capacity, make more disciples of, of God, like go ahead and do that. So the way I look at it is the, whatever my capacity is to make an impact on people. I don't know. I won't know that till the curtains close on my life, but like whatever that impact capacity is, I'm going to max that thing out. And whether that's one or 10 or 10,000, doesn't really matter as long as I've made an impact on one person's life then I if that's my capacity then I've done my job and I can die happy with that yeah absolutely hopefully when I have a child I've made a good impact on their lives <laughs> right absolutely that's the whole point of strength and conditioning it literally changes lives I mean we are with athletes more than some of the sport coaches are you know we're in there every day for hours on end you know we're there a lot with the athletes so if you're going to this field, and this is anyone listening to this at all, if you're going to be in this field, get comfortable with being around athletes all the time. Yeah, it's it's. I like it, man. I like like. I find joy in like uh, like almost mundane tasks, right? Like just the the daily commitment to getting better is like what I find enjoyment in. It's like tough. It's it's tough as hell, but like. Yep. It's, it's something that I enjoy and like getting, being, being vulnerable. I ask them, I, I only ask the athletes to do stuff that I, I do. Right. Because I know it helps like realize what your mistakes are. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made personal mistakes. I've made career mistakes. Right. But realize those mistakes push you forward. Right. Right. And realize that mistakes were written for you to make. Absolutely. So like th- th- those are what you were supposed to do. So don't despair about them. It's for you to learn from. Right. So, like, learn from those mistakes and keep moving forward and uh, evaluate those mistakes. And, like, the thing that I try to do is I try to, like, just give them a door. You know what I mean? Like, hey, here's a door. I'm, I want you to walk through this door. If you didn't walk through it today, then evaluate why not. And if you walk through it, I'm going to give you another door to walk through. Evaluate how you got through this door and use that to get to the next door. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's all I'm trying to do is help these help these athletes out, like, my strength coach wasn't like a rah-rah. Like, I'm way more rah-rah than my strength coach. I hope he's not ashamed of me. Like, I get really hyped up. You know what I mean? I'm a big, boisterous, <laughs> excitable guy, right? But, like, he wasn't a rah-rah guy. He was, like, strict to the business, but he, like, loved the hell out of us. You know what I mean? And everything he did, he really exuded, like, how much he loved us. Like, so, like, and he didn't, you know, he didn't always say it. Like, but, like, you could tell in everything he did. So, like. I just, that's how I try to coach, man. Like, I just try to get better at, like, just expressing love. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm, I'm, I'm not great at it. I'm a child of divorce. So, like, I'm not, I'm not the best at it. So, I just try to get better at that. And, like, that's my challenge to myself this year is get better at expressing love and not, like, being so much about the, the do we do this squat? Do we do this? Do we do this? Like, I just want to get better at being a coach. Like, I spent so long trying to be a technician and it made me like sometimes a ro- robotic, you know what I mean? Like I'm, com- I'm comedic. I, I mean, I make myself laugh, but like, I have like a, like sarcasm about me, 
but like I want to really just exude and express the love I have for my athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back to that point that you're talking about that, uh, you know, got caught up being a technician of, you know, strength conditioning, you know, trying to get variations. And I think that's something that's, I think younger strength coaches are kind of realizing, you know, you know, we're, we're talking about front squats, hat, you know, uh, hack squats, uh, what we call it, searcher squats. You know, we're, we're so wrapped up in this that, you know, maybe it's time for us, you know, to kind of go back to that just fundamentals of coaching, you know, just developing relationships, you know, they don't really, not, I, I know this for sure. Athletes do not care what kind of variation of exercise that we got going on, what kind of periodizations we got going on, you know, all that kind of stuff. They care about more relationships than anything else. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to highlight that point there for you, Don. Yeah. Then to, like, expand on what you just said, like, piggyback off what you just said, like, I had an athlete text me, like, an hour ago about, like, you know, uh, sponsoring them in Athletes in Action, which is, like, the FCA version of uh, uh, this school's, you know, fellowship and sponsoring them and, like, getting to talk one-on-one about like, you know, the gospel and stuff like that. And like, I talked to them about like my struggles I'm having, whatever. And like those deeper conversations, like those cool conversations, this athlete is like, well, not an athlete. They're retired now. They're like coaching. So it's cool to see this athlete going to coaching and then like do the like leadership through AIA, like, and then be able to like help me out. You know what I mean? Like, right. to, like it's full circle now. Like coach helped, I co- helped them. Now they're coming back and helping me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a full circle, cyclical thing of like life, like just helping each other out. I know it sounds hippie-ish. And when I was younger, I'd be like, who is this guy? I'm going to turn this off. I just want to learn about conjugate. I'm going to wait till the next actual strength coach gets on. But like, it's just, to me, it's just, I don't know, man. I think about like, as you get past like 30, like I'm not going to die tomorrow, but like I'm on the back. I mean, hell, what? 72 is the average like lifespan of Americans. So like I'm on the back, I'm getting close towards the back half of my life. So like, yep. you know what I mean? Like you start thinking about death more, you start thinking about like the things that really matter, you know what I mean? And that's why I think. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I never heard about athletes in action till I went to the NHSSCA's NATCON back here in Nashville, uh, the, the National High School Strength and Conditioning uh, Coaches Association. And uh, got to be a, you know, got to be in the booth with, you know, athletes in action and see what they're all about. I even got a shirt in my closet from them. So, <laughs> so uh, they're, they're really I the turkey bowl. We used to do this turkey bowl. So I have a shirt from the turkey bowl. It was it's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we talked about getting wrapped up in the weight room. So like that, do you have any hobbies outside of the weight room? Life. Life is my hobby. You know, I'm trying, like, I try, like, it was weird to say, but, like, I, so long I was so invested in strength and conditioning and not life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I uh, I eventually just, like, started to really invest in being a, a husband, invest in being a son, invest in being, you know, like I said, you get older, things like, like, you lose things, right? And like you learn things. Like my aunt uh, is going through cancer right now. My I was raised by three women, and one of those three women is going through cancer. The other one is in her 80s, so she's you know, hopefully a little longer for this world. You know what I mean? And then I got my mom. So like mm-hmm. two thirds of the women in my life that raised me, like you know what I'm saying. So like I'm really trying to invest in life, and like it really makes me focus on like 
you know, my wife wants to have children. So like, I don't want my child to grow up how I grew up. I don't want my child to grow up with the relationship with uh, his father that I had for so long with my father. Like, I don't want any of those things for my child. So like, I'm investing in life right now. My hobby is life and be good at life. But like your basic run of the mill answer, uh, video games and comic books. I'm a nerd. There you go. Yeah. Yo, I love. I got like. Are you like a to like somewhere around here? Are you like a Marvel? Or are you like a DC guy? Oh, Marvel, Marvel, right on, Come man, on now. right on. Come on. So I enjoyed those movies and stuff like that, and uh, you know it's, you know, uh, you don't really hear a whole lot of coaches really express their interest and stuff like that, and you know even if it's something simple like marvel you know going to watch a movie or whatever i think it needs to be more normalized that we share our interest you know if if we like marvel you know we should not be how should I, i'm not going to say ashamed but like you shouldn't be put down for liking marvel man like it, it's it's just a, you know it's a, normalize normalize vulnerability, vulnerability. That's all i'm saying like normalize being vulnerable because when you're like when you get to a certain level and i'm not saying like i'm like the the guru of these things like right like i've had to do, go through a lot and i put myself in a lot of bad situations to get to where i've been right uh but like normalize like being vulnerable and normalize like because that's what the athletes like you ask the athletes to like give their all and do this and do that and then there's so many people just out here uh uh trying to be the tough guy right right like i think teddy bridgewater just tweeted about or posted about like people in the nfl like trying to do this tough atmosphere but they're really not tough like trying to be someone they're not pretty much is what teddy bridgewater was talking about paraphrasing and i feel like for a long time, that's what I did. You know what I mean? I tried to be someone I wasn't really. Like, I I'm, I have a hard time of being someone other than me. But, like, I thought I was someone other than who I really was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's because I wasn't afraid to be vulnerable. And that goes into, like, deeper, like, trauma and all that other stuff. But, like, once you get past that, it, it, it's such an open world. You know what I'm saying? And you can coach better. You can be better. You can not that you're ever not going to make mistakes, whatever, like, right. you know, but like you can, you give yourself a chance to be better. Absolutely. And yeah, I like that. Normalize being vulnerable. That's, that's something huge. You know, uh, strength coaches, you know, athletes have this image of guys that are big and they're tough, you know, they're, you know, the big burly guys. And, you know, uh, I'm not that big of a guy. You know, I, you know, I, I'm five ten at best, about two hundred pounds. Uh, you know, I'm just so that means you're like my height. You're five seven, really. Re, yeah, because I'm five eleven. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm five eleven. You know, so. pe- you know, people lie on their <laughs> rosters all the time. You know, they say they're six foot one. That's why I go off of. That's what I go yeah. off of. I say I'm five eleven, and everyone's like, Coach, day I'm five five, and I'm two inches taller than you. Nah, you must be six one then. <laughs> Man, you know. The, Athletes lie on those uh, on the rosters. You know they give you height and weight. Yeah. You know if someone says they're like six yeah. three, you know two hundred pounds, I'm like, all right, they're about six one, about one eighty. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I know. I'm sorry. This I, I get on these podcasts and like I never really talk about the things that like people want me to talk about. Like even at the conference, like I talked about pitching, but like. Not very much, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I let people down because I was just, like, up there not rambling. I was having, like, a 
just talking. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I feel like there's so much more to coaching than like your, like the X's and O's I can ran off like the back of my hand. Cause I've been doing it so long, but like the, the real part that I think people forget about is the actual coaching aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be a coach. Yep. Like it does. I, I actually, I'm pro I was programming today. Cause I like to program way ahead of time. I got four teams, all that kind of stuff. So I program weeks out. Uh, and so, and then I like, you know, I, I watch those programs happen when they happen and then I'll change. Like I like to program in three week waves. So like I'll do six weeks of programming knowing that the second block of programming, I'm going to probably change based off how that first block went. But like, at least I can say, this is what my plan in a perfect scenario was. This is what we either have to regress to, or this is what we've already pushed past. And I like seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. But like, the coaching part is the thing that, like, when I talk, when I used to talk to old strength coaches and stuff like that, it's all about like learning how to be a better coach. And to me, that's learning about being more vulnerable, learning about building better relationships, learning about uh, not even controlling the room. As far as like, I think there's two ways you think about controlling the room, like controlling the room from a, a dictatorship. Like when I speak, they listen. And they do what I say, like, okay, that's, uh, yes, that's controlling the room. But how you get there to me is building relationships with everyone and having a standard that you don't back off of. So like, like this, I mean, heck this spring, if a baseball guy did something out of line, I never had to say nothing. You know what I mean? I never had to, and not many of them ever did get out of line, but if they were like trying to cheat when I wasn't looking, I never had to worry about it. You know what I mean? Now this year, like I'm not thinking about, people skipping reps. I'm not just thinking about everyone doing everything right. Like I don't, I don't think about those things. Now I'm thinking about messaging and how we want to uh, talk about things culturally, whatever, like with soccer, I'm thinking about the, the injury prevention. I'm thinking about, well, you know, not injury prevention. Cause I, if I could prevent injuries, I wouldn't be a strength coach. I'd be like living on an Island somewhere. Uh, but like, I'm thinking about those things because the, the, the respect is already there. Not because of, my stature like a, a, a dictatorship type leadership it's just because i i exude love and they know i'm trying to get them better right absolutely and um yeah yeah i mean that's awesome though that's awesome i love your insight on things i mean i've, I've only met you for about what is recording this 18 <laughs> minutes and i mean i love your insight on things it's different it's you know it's something that it's unusual and you know, we, you're talking about coaching, you know, getting no, you know, we're, we're going back to coaching here. You know, you can talk, you can talk all the conjugate, the linear periodization, whatever you want to call it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's coaching, it's building relationships. And um, I think people kind of get misled when they hear about the conjugate chats, you know, what we're doing here, because it's, it's a little bit of training. But it's more highlighting yeah. what coaches are doing in the field of strength conditioning. It's not like, well, it's preseason and we're going through eccentrics and we're, we're you know we're doing all this stuff. You know, yeah. it's not. It's yeah. a little bit of that, but I really wanted to focus in on the coaching aspect of things. You know, I, you know, I love training. I love you know hearing about conjugate and linear and you know west side barbell stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, like I love hearing how people got into here, what makes them stay in here? You know, what is their perspective of things? And that's a lot of these questions here are 
your perspective of things, mental toughness, how do you get buy-in or non-negotiables? What are your philosophies? You know, just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff that you can like build, like yeah. build off of, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, it's, it's, uh, I, it's not, the world is not black and white, right? There's like a ton of gray in the world. Right. And like, I think then when you're too black or too white, you like, you, you, you can't see what the world really is, which is if, if, if science, not science, psychologically, the world is different for everyone based off of their reality and how they see reality, then everything is gray. And there's very few black or whites. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's laws and stuff like that, but like, there's like, you have to be able to see different people's points of view and stuff like that. So like, I don't know, man. I don't, I mean, I don't have all the answers. It's just my, I was talking to one of my uh, rifle athletes and they're uh, uh, in the, they, they like uh, in the military or whatever. And we were just talking about like, world in general and like i think too many people try to push their agendas onto people and it should just be like hey man whatever you want to do however you want to do it that's cool like it doesn't matter as long as you don't as long as you're not bothering me and mine right you know what i'm saying like as long as you're not like a threat like a, a real threat to me and mine do whatever you want to do we don't have to agree on the same thing. That's okay, man, because that's your reality and how you see it. This is my reality, how I see it. Let's just be cordial, get along, and let's keep it pushing. I'm not going to try to get you to do my stuff. Don't you know what I mean? It is right. what it is. But sorry, I'm just ran on, ran no, on. No, man. At this point. And I made a tweet about this yesterday. Let me pull it up actually, because I think it's important that people, you know, hear this. Let me see if I can actually find it. I post a lot of crap on Twitter nowadays. I said that for y'all that come on the conjugate chats, present or in the future, talk as much as you want. I don't want guests to feel like you have to hold back. And that's one thing, like, I feel like this should be, and it has been, an outlet for a lot of strength coaches because we get to come on here and basically go off. And I, I talked about this yesterday with um, Coach Donahoe down in Good Pasture. Me and him talked about, like, I asked him, it's like, do you ever feel like, you know, when you talk to your wife or you talk to your family, so like that, that like you're spinning off all this like strength conditioning stuff, like kids need to be squatting back, you know, whatever. And you feel like, you know, some of your family are just looking at you like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. You know, they, they're they not interested in the strength conditioning side of things like we are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right. that's an outlet for us is coming on here and then you get to spit whatever you you got on your mind like you you can go off you can go all tangents you can be on here for an hour you could be on here for two hours you could be on here for all day you know i i'll sit here and be with coaches all day long and let y'all talk get these thoughts out you know you know basically be the voice of strength coaches Hey man, like uh, I, I I wanted that once a long time ago to be the voice of strength and conditioning. I wanted to be the smartest guy. I wanted to do this, do that, and I got older and I was like, you know what? There's people out here that want to be the smartest, that want to be that. And but like I like, if you want to be the smartest person in strength and conditioning, you can have that. If you want to be the leader of strength and conditioning, you can have that. Like I like, I just want to make an impact on people, man. Because at the end of the day, like. It's it is it's just a part of my life. It's not my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Like 
And it's so like, it's such a messed up industry that like, I don't want it to be my whole life. You know what I mean? I don't want strength and conditioning to be my whole life. You know what I mean? It just, just isn't, isn't something I'm interested in. I just want to make impacts on people. I want to take care of my family and that's keep pushing. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So kind of dive into these questions here. Um, okay. Okay. What drives your program design? You're talking about programming the you know, just a couple minutes ago. Right. The athletes drive my program design. So like when I don't know any at, like when I'm getting to a new school, I'm looking at like commonalities and injuries that usually occur. I'm looking at training age. I'm looking at stuff like that. Like I call the previous strength coach. I want to like all that just so I can get an idea of like what they did. Right. I don't care about maxes or anything. Cause I'm not going to, you know, it's all based off of feel at the beginning anyway. Uh, so that's the kind of things I look at. Like, what are the demands of the sport? Like, how's the coach? What are the demands of practice? How's the coach going to practice? Because there's demands of sports and demands of practice, and they're not always the same thing, right? right. So, like, you got to look at both. Uh, and you, it just is what it is. But uh, you hope you can affect that a little bit, but it is what it is. So uh, I look at all those things, and then I go ahead and I start programming. Like, my pro, I have four different teams. Five, I have five different, I don't know. I have a bunch of different teams and they're all going to be trained different because they're different sports. Right. Now that doesn't mean like my setter and my uh, uh, backcourt and my uh, libero are all going to train differently. Like, you know what I mean? It just, they're all going, they're going to train differently though from baseball and they're going to, baseball is going to train differently from volleyball. I just said that. And then volleyball is going to train different from softball, softball from soccer, whoever, you know what I mean? However it's split up, all those teams are going to train differently because they're in different sports. And there's some commonalities, right? Because I'm a commonality, right? So, like, there's going to be some things we all do the same. Uh, and there's some basic human movements that are all going to be done the same. How they progress, regress, or change is going to be based off the team and how they adapt to training and what they need to adapt to. Gotcha, gotcha. And you talked about you're with four or five different sports at Murray State. Which sports do you uh, coach? Uh, spring was baseball, volleyball, soccer, women's softball, or softball, and rifle. So, yeah, those were the five. And, uh, you know, going forward, I don't know if that changes, how that changes. I have no idea. So, I'm just going forward, like, that that is who we got. Gotcha, gotcha. How is it being at Murray State? Oh, it's fun, man. Like it's uh it's given me a great opportunity to like really invest in life. Like, you know what I mean? Like have kids, like well, work on having kids and then like that's the next step, right? Having the kid actually. Uh and then like working like from a financial standpoint, like redoing like my finances from the sale of my home, like that's been awesome. Like getting to a financial advisor, like being a learning how to be an adult at the age of 31. Uh, and then uh, from like the athlete standpoint, like the athletes are great. The coaches are great. Like everything's great. Like I have a good time and goal is to be here for a few years and enjoy it. You know, we're close to home where we got this house. Like everything's cool, man. I'm, I can't, I can't ask for a better situation. I had a friend tell me like, you wake up every morning and tell yourself how blessed you are. Cool. I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, Murray State, that's a D1, D2? 
D1. 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 Gotcha. Um, I like asking this question here. What is mental toughness to you? <laughs> mental toughness to me is just being able to battle through. You know what I mean? Like, it's being able to realize there's a struggle, accept that there's a struggle, and if that struggle doesn't but fight through that struggle. You know what I mean? Like, and that's like an overarching theme in like my life. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I've, I've grown up in struggle. I've lived through struggle. Some created by myself. Uh, and there's a lot of struggles that haven't been created by me. That's just part of being born who I was born as. Right. So like, uh, uh, so there's been a lot of struggles that I've gone through and, not saying that like, Oh, this isn't fair. Like this person gets this. Why do I get that? Or like this, that the third, this is my struggle. This is what my struggle is going to be. I don't like this. How do I battle to get to where I want to be? And realizing that the struggles will never go away. Like as you climb up, the struggles are going to change. Like some better, some worse. Like I don't worry about the same things I did when I was a GA, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's all, I guess, perspective, but now I have other struggles that I worry about. Like they're not, you know, I look at other people's like I try not to compare, just compete. Right. Right. But like sometimes comparing like makes you realize that yours isn't that bad. Like I had someone that lost a friend, uh, best friend that made me realize, oh, well, the BS that I'm worried about isn't that bad. Or like my aunt was, uh, has cancer and going through treatment and all that. My stuff's not that bad. You know what I mean? So like it, it makes you more appreciative for what your struggle is. But like to me. Don't pretend like some the struggle doesn't exist because it exists for all of us. So I want you to recognize what the struggle is so you can formulate a plan to move past the struggle or live with the struggle. You know, what I mean, there's struggles that I will always live with. But like, how do I how do I excel in life with those struggles? And that's mental toughness to me. Like, it's not about how many conditioning tests you can pass or uh, uh, all this other stuff like. It's all about being able to excel in the struggle. Gotcha. And bringing up that point about the conditioning tests, right? You know, it doesn't matter how many conditioning tests you can pass. That's kind of a hot topic right now in strength conditioning. Everything's a hot topic in strength conditioning. If you said yellow was blue, (laughs) yellow was yellow, people would tell you yellow was green. Like, you know, I mean, everything's... Yeah. Really a big deal in strength and conditioning. But let's take a back step. One of the things let's talk about is what is conditioning. We're still trying to argue about what is conditioning. And personal, you know, definition of what conditioning is is conditioned to play the sport that you're in. So if you're soccer, you're conditioning to play soccer. You know, you're not conditioning to play, you know, uh baseball or whatever. Because those are two different Right. Right. Two different. I didn't understand that until I played rugby. I played, I've been a D one athlete for one game, one game. I was a D one athlete. So I went and played a game of rugby for Bowling Green States beach side. And I thought I was in shape condition because I played football. Right. I literally like, I think it was like after a game I went up and played or like, you know what I mean? Some, something around those lines. I probably, probably wasn't allowed to. I mean, I think it's a club. So I don't know. I don't know how it works out, but I played a game of rugby and I thought I was in shape and I'd be all right. And I was gassed. And that's when I realized, okay, this, how am I in shape for football, but not for rugby? Like this doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? So like, and then like, obviously I 
wasn't 21 anymore and I learned like, you know, strength and conditioning, but like, uh, to me, like conditioning or fitness or whatever you want to call it is just being able to do your job, like do your role at or close to hundred percent, 90 to hundred percent. Those are arbitrary percentages, but that's like, I feel like an A that's the A plus that's an A percentage. So you don't want to be below an A. Right. So like, Whatever, whatever your job is, being able to do that repeatedly at hundred or ninety to one hundred percent. That's a great definition, and I love that story about rugby because I totally relate to that. Um, high school, I played football, and then I wrestled in the winter. And so, you know, first year of wrestling, I moved up from Tennessee to Illinois, and they recruited me to uh, do wrestling because I was a long, I was a long kid. You know, I got long arms and long legs, and I was really skinny at the time. And, um, you know, football-wise, I was conditioned to play football. You know, I could go, you know, three-hour football game, no problem. And my wrestling coach said, well, we have a six-minute match. I was like, oh, six minutes of wrestling? Right. Cake. That's not good enough. And uh, first wrestling match, I was like just dog-tired, gassed, hyperventilating yeah. on the side. Yeah, because you don't realize that in football, you're never mm-hmm. going to go six, six minutes straight. You know what I mean? Like, you're going – like, you go – what is it? Ten seconds at a time with forty-five second rest, like for a minute. I think it's like, it yeah, the average play is like ten seconds or, or five, maybe less. Yeah, six, five, maybe five. It's like yeah, yeah, five. I don't. I can't. I can't. Remember I can't think of it off top of my head either. But I was sitting there yeah, like every three years it changes. It's like the game doesn't change, but this, these this, the time of the play change. How's that happen? But like anyway, right, yeah, man. It's. It's it's crazy, like the we go sport to sport, but like I just work on general work capacity with like my like field sports and like everything else. Like I, uh, Sean Foster, that was at American University, now he's at Georgetown. He taught me a long time ago, like a good coach should like the sport practice should take care of the conditioning. Right now, there's more levels to all the other stuff. Like you got prep them for that. Like all that you got prep, right. right? Like it just like throw the stuff into the like, you can't mix a bunch of ingredients and throw in the microwave and say, oh, now we have a cake. Like, you got to prep the stuff, right? Right. But, like, a good temperature should make the cake, right? Or, you know what I mean? A good temperature should get your steak to where you need it to be, right? But, like, you got to prep the steak for it to taste good unless you just want to eat meat. Right. And uh, this is going off script here. Don, how do you like your steaks cooked? Whew. All right. So, Eric Murphy changed my life. All right. This is last weekend. So, like. I burn everything because, like, I used to get, like, in college, I used to, like, not know how to cook, so I get food poisoning all the time. So I just overcooked everything, right? Like, I got food poisoning all the time. Like, people get the flu, I got food poisoning all the time. Oh, my God. And it was terrible, miserable. Yeah. You try getting food poisoning during the middle of the summer. It's literally miserable. When you don't have air conditioning, awful. All, worst three days of my life. But, uh, like, literally the worst. Like, the worst. But, uh, uh, so, like... Murphy was over, Eric Murphy is the director of basketball strength and conditioning here, and he was over uh, Saturday, and we were cooking, and he, like, in the most polite way, was taking over the grill. <laughs> like, so, gotcha. <laughs> he saw me struggling, and he, so, in the most polite way, he's like, hey, now you might want to flip that. Here, let me, let me flip it for you. I, I, I was like, all right, man, you must know what you're doing, because you're kind of particular about this stuff. No, no, nah, nah, I'm not particular. Hey, it's yeah. time to flip it again. Okay, all right. So, like, uh, but he made, like, I seasoned really well. But, like, the way he cooked this thing, 
boy, it was phenomenal. It was like medium rare, and it was it was the best tasting steak I've had. Like not the biggest or whatever, but the best tasting steak I've ever had. So like medium rare, I guess, is now how I like my steak. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, or maybe I just like having every cooked steak. I think that might be it. My wife, before we got together, she or uh, well, I. I liked everything well done. Burgers, steaks, whatever. I was like, that was a well done. That's all the thing I, I was raised up on. You know, I was very, my parents ate it, so I ate it, basically. Right, so right. when I met my wife, and and I'm so embarrassed of this story here. I might even cut it out of this episode, but, you know, it's kind of. Remi- oh, man. Hey, 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 hey. Normalize vulnerability, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> I went to her parents' house, and I, I, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed. I asked. Her dad asked me, it's like, how do you like your steaks cooked? I was like, well, well done. You know, just kind of ripped off the tongue and kind of gave me a look. And I was like, man, you know, I, I was I was a little embarrassed, you know. Wrong yeah, wrong answer, it, was, yeah. it was definitely the wrong answer. But it was the first time that I met her folks. And, I mean, it was, well, fast forward, you know, about two or three years later. I mean, we're married and, uh, you know, they're, they're my in-laws and they're great in-laws and, yeah, I mean, I think I think they like me, so, I, I, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're around still, so, yeah, they must like you enough. They haven't killed you. Uh, true. I think not, I, I hope my in-laws like me. It's been 10, 11 – we've been together the whole time I've been coaching, so it's coming up on year 11, me and my wife together. Wow. Wow. But we've only been married since 2018, so what is that, four years, five years? Going on four, four years. years? Yeah, going on four years, yeah. When did y'all get married? Uh, 2018. Uh, what month? Like one month? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have it on my ring. You might have. I to can cut this out of the podcast. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. She'll she'll laugh. So it is. Is that five? January, February, March, April. Yeah, May 28th. So a little over four years. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I got to look this up. This is why she got me this ring. And it was up, no, January, February, March, April, April 28th. So a little over four years. Okay. Yeah, a little over four years. Okay. So being at the collegiate level, right, do athletes stay there, like, during the summer? I know some do, you know, maybe take summer classes and whatnot, but does the majority of yours? Depending on the funding of the school, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, uh, and, like, the funding of the sport. So, like. Here, only football stays up over the summer. I'll have some random athletes stay up over the summer. A place like Arizona uh, or Georgia Southern or, I don't know, Akron, whatever, your bigger FBS schools or really any of your FBS schools, football's going to be there all summer long. You know what I mean? So, uh, right. and it's getting that way in most schools too. Like football has the big budget, right? Uh, and then basketball, you have less guys, but you have a huge budget, right? So, like, a com- comparable budget to football. So, uh yeah, basketball, they're up usually all summer, men's and women's basketball. It's really starting to be a thing where, you know, if your school has a budget, uh, uh, volleyball comes back in usually July at those schools. Soccer will come back eh, mid-July at those schools. Uh, women's and men's basketball will be there, and then football will be there. And then usually baseball freshmen come back in July, but it's just – depending on the school's budget, right? Like Ole Miss, I mean, most of their kids are getting drafted, so they're probably not back. But, like, 
you know, I, I can't speak for Ole Miss, but I assume their baseball freshmen are starting to be there in July. Gotcha, gotcha. So as school is starting up, right, high school, even at the collegiate level, you know, school starting to start up. And most of your sports are spring sports, right? So you talked about soccer. So I got um, a mix of spring and uh, uh, fall sports. But we'll go, I, got, I got a few fall sports, obviously soccer and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, so how do you prepare, I guess, an athlete coming from the summer into their fall sport and then a, a spring sport athlete come into school in the fall, but their sports in the spring. How do you like it's most of the training for those two? Almost the same way, but reversed. Right. So like, Oh, not the same. It's the same, but different, I guess you would say. So like for my fall sports, it's, I use preseason as like a, as like a prep. Like I, I try to like, I'm, this is something different that I haven't done this year. So like I've never done before. So I'm using the first two weeks. of pre- I have a captain's week and then I have a preseason whatever many days in preseason, I'm going to use those weeks as a literally like a prep week, like isometrics, like tendon stiffness, all that kind of stuff, like to get the body developed. Right. And like be able right. to get low and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, our exhibition weeks are going to be based off like it's when we're kind of like introducing the barbells and like different things in the weight room, still keeping it simple. And then once we get into season, we'll be, I mean, hell, five weeks of buildup pretty much, and then we'll be getting into, like, real actual training. But uh, there's going to be, like, you know, it's not going to be that bad because I'm going to do – I'm going to do – the upper body is going to be, you know, just regular upper body, like, you know, bench, whatever it might be, degree of bench, whatever it might be. And then we're going to do, like, uh, all our lower body, like our main lower body – emphasis movement is going to be based off of uh velocity so it's to me like a great way of like i don't know training them through the season i kind of want to see how it goes i think it's going to have really good results and like keep their legs fresh um in not non-scientific terms but like uh i think it's going to help train them within the stimulus they're able to produce and not like overload arbitrary numbers onto them as far as their lower I know the whole system taxing whatever but from a muscular standpoint the legs will probably feel better right so I'm pretty excited about that yeah that's awesome man I always wonder about that uh you know athletes coming in you know at the collegiate level I played d3 I played offensive line at d3 and I mean we we didn't have athletes we had maybe a group of 10 or you know 12 maybe 15 that stayed around in the summer and you know, trained throughout the summer and rolled into their, uh, you know, their respective sports. But I mean, you know, I was wondering, you know, how does athletes kind of roll in and then, you know, does their training, you know, how does their training look like when they've just rolled in, you know, into college? So you slowly progress it, right? Like there's recommendation, NCA recommendations. Uh, you know, uh, I, I was under a, like tree, not tree, like it, like a tree from a standpoint of like a uh, structural organizational tree, not like uh, this is my strength coach granddaddy. Like, you know what I mean? Like right. a structural organization of like uh, the, the 10, 30, 50, 100 rule or whatever, the acclimatization to training, all that kind of stuff. 
And I still use those principles, even though they're not uh, uh, recommend. They're not like as required in like this setting, but like I just have always like I'm going to slow. I've always been like a slow roast guy. You know what I mean? Like especially like on the Olympic side, like even with football, I always thought like there you you people rush with football sometimes because they you know jobs on the line, whatever we got perform, we got perform. But then you rush, and then you go into year two, and you see that everything looks terrible. So, like, you could have just taken the time of year one to build the foundation so that year two you'd be cooking. But now you got to go backwards, and you're coming into year – after year two, you go into year three, which is most likely when it's make or break for you. Yep. Well, you could have just took the time, built it year one, and had good year two and year three versus go rush it year one have to redo it going at the end of year two. And now you're gambling on year three. You know what I'm saying? So like, for me, like soccer season's long. I mean, it's not long, but there's a lot of games in those seasons, right? Compared right. to football. But like the two exhibition games don't really matter. They're just like, you know, exhibition games. Right. So like, they're not counting for a win or a loss. So like I can still take the two weeks prior than the exhibition games to, I have a month of like prep time, which camp for football is a month. So like, if I can't, you tell me I can't take like, I can't figure out a way to prepare these ladies for the season in a month. And I'm probably not that great at my job, but then there's also having conversations with coaches and like seeing where they're at, because like if the coach is going ham, you know, as far as conditioning or fitness or whatever they want to say, uh, I know I have to back off. So it's communication with all parties to make sure the athlete is set up in the best way, shape and form possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I kind of want to ask you this since you're at the D1 level. When the athlete, especially freshmen, they roll in, can you tell that they came from a good high school program or a high school like strength and conditioning program? Or is it kind of masked by like their athleticism? Because if you go D1 in sports, you, you kind of already got a freak you know, athleticism to you. Can you tell when kids are not from, you know, I mean, proper proper programs, guess. or can you tell that you know this athleticism just tell, kind of mask it? Tell me, I, generally, I generally ask, right? Like, you know, I'm not that like it's gonna like I I prep like no one's done anything, right? So like all my teams that come in this fall, I'm gonna prep like I haven't seen them do anything. Now the ones that have done stuff are going to like just kill it, right? Like, but like I, I I'm gonna prep like none of them have done anything. So like. Uh, and that's not to say, like, we're going to start with a PVC or anything like that. Like, let's say we're going to squat for three reps day one or whatever. Like, just, you know, like, whatever it might be. percent. We'll just give an arbitrary number, 80% for threes. Well, the 80, I'm not going to prescribe a number to it because I don't, like, the maxes are irrelevant from last year, right? So, like, whatever you can do for three, do that for three and should feel like this out of 10. It's usually how I start. Uh so the ones that have been training will be able to do more than the ones that haven't. And they'll be better prepared to do that than the ones that haven't. So the ones that haven't been training are going to have to go lighter, right? Like, it's just common sense. I'm not going to hold anyone to a arbitrary number that I don't have because that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, I just do things that make sense. Like, I, I don't, like, there's tons of books. Everyone's read these books. Everyone's trained. Everyone's read these books. Everyone's done all this stuff. Everyone's got these certifications. I just try it now. I take all that information that I've collected over the years and I just try to do what makes sense based off what I've learned. So like, 
well, where do you come off with just letting them kind of feel their way through? Well, you know, I don't know how they train, so that just makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. I always wonder that, you know, can a D1 coach, you know, see you lift and then just pick out, it's like, all right, I knew XYZ kid did not come from a, you know, a high school, a developed high school strength and conditioning program and, you know, ABC kid did. I don't know if, you know, if you could pick it out, just you can, like. You can definitely, you can definitely see it when they start moving, right? But like, you also don't know the medical history of the, you know a little bit, right? right? Because you're not like, you know, they tell you the medical history and stuff to a certain extent, the stuff you need to know. But like, I don't like use that as a prerequisite to judge anyone. Like right. it, whether it's a good program, bad program, like sometimes your best athletes aren't your best lifters and don't really want to lift or they can just get by on general athleticism. So they don't get required by the coach to go late, whatever it might be. You know I mean? You don't know the, the backstory, like just because uh, I don't know, Saquon Barkley, like he obviously can lift really good. So there's a good anecdotal story, but like, let's say Saquon Barkley looked bad doing cleans, which we know he doesn't. But if he looked bad doing cleans, maybe it's because the coach told him, hey, if you don't want to go to the weight room, don't go to the weight room because you're NFL-type running back. Right. So that's not really on the strength coach. That's out of his hands. Right. But obviously, Saquon Barkley, outside of being a genetic freak, probably lifted a little once or twice right. in his high school right. career. <laughs> um, and I want to go back to that uh, that point you made. Uh, some athletes don't like being in the weight room. Is there still that issue at the D1 level? I mean, honestly. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's not just like uh, it's really on both sides of the the spectrum, right? Like, uh, you're you're you got some athletes that male or female love getting after in the weight room, and like the weight room is their like thing, and then you got on the upper side male or female athletes that hate getting after in the weight room. I, it's funny. There's more male athletes I find that don't like the weight room than there would be female. The female, my feet, my, some of my all time best athletes have been my female weight room. People have been my female athletes. And I'm not talking about like pound for pound or whatever people like to say, kind of like demean women, like overall, just strong, like just strong. I had a softball lady that could squat three sixty five for three. Like I had, I have a rifle lady that goes, she was in, uh, she's from Texas. So she did powerlifting her whole like high school career. She squat uh, ass to grass two twenty five for reps. Like so, like my like you know what I mean. Like now I've had some strong, strong baseball players. Like I had a kid come off of a, a outing, and the next day he uh, Hatfield uh, uh, seven hundred fifty pounds. So like like I've had strong yeah. I've, I, that's why I love this level because like they just like to get after. It. Like I find more so like I I assume that maybe. The UCLA pitchers might not do that. I, that's a bad assumption on me, but like the, your higher profile, don't let me talk crap on anyone, but like your higher profile players sometimes don't like the weight room as much, right? Even though they're genetically probably capable of doing more, but like, uh, so like that, like, it's just, it just, some people like the weight room, some people don't. And you have to like really, once they buy into you as a coach, then they kind of buy into the weight room. You know what I mean? Like, to whatever extent they're going to. Like I had a pitcher who I knew wasn't really a weight room guy. I thought he was going to be a problem for me in the weight room. Uh, after a start, he went and he did uh, with uh, – he Hatfield reverse lunged uh, 
I don't want to say half field, just hand assist, reverse lunge, uh, five fifteen for three yeah. sets of two, each leg. And he was hitting above 0.5 meters per second, so it was pretty good speed. So like, <laughs> and he's six foot nine. I make them go until their knee touches the ground. I don't like them to slam into the ground because that messes up the patella, which leads right. to quad problems. I just go slight knee tap, like slight knee touch. Like when you feel the touch, come back up. You know what I mean? And uh, which usually brings them to quad parallel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, but yeah, he did five fifteen for three sets of two each, and uh, my guys got after it, man. Like it's not about the numbers. Like it didn't matter if he did five fifteen, two hundred, or one eighty five. Thing is that he trusted. He trusted why I was telling him to do that, and trusted that it helped make him better. You know what I mean? Like my ladies that do sumo deadlift, like they trust what I'm saying. And like, they, it, I mean, no one likes it. I don't like sumo deadlift, but it's a good movement to help those ladies out. And I think it pairs good with like lateral moving sports. Right. And it helps with a lot of things that shown to help with reducing the risk of ACL. So I sumo deadlift. Most of my uh, female athletes, uh, except for my volleyball, we uh, we'll do some different variations of like, you know, lateral stuff, but, uh, my volleyball team does cleans. So, uh, yeah, I'm a conjugate guy, but I do cleans with volleyball. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, whatever. So, uh, maybe I'm a phony. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, uh, you run into problems everywhere with like, don't like, but if they like you, uh, or they respect you, or they are, think you have their best interest in mind and know that you have their best interest in mind, they'll do whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. And that just goes back to just building relationships, you know, just express love, man, express love and show vulnerability. That's all it is, man. Just express love and show vulnerability. And literally life is so much freaking simpler. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's when you're vulnerable, like truly vulnerable, you like, don't get like, yes, I'm very like at my core, I'm a very like, like, I'm very prideful, you know what I mean? Because of how I've had to fight for a lot of things that I've, I've, I've accomplished, right. right? But, like, I try not to let that prideful be, that, like, that like uh, negative about me be on the forefront of everything I do. So, like, I, I, I try to counterbalance that by, like, being extremely vulnerable. Now, there's some times when you push that certain button, like, that pride creeps up there, which is human. You know what I mean? It's not about being perfect. It's about knowing how you got to get better. So, uh you know, I think when you're vulnerable and you uh, express love, that's a good way to go about it. And that doesn't mean like, you know, from a life standpoint, you're probably going to get hurt a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're probably going to get hurt. I get hurt all the time. Like, I constantly can get hurt. Uh, but like that, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, uh, because there's a lot of things I learned when I was in Georgia that like really helped and stuck with me years later. But like, it's who you're doing it for. You know what I mean? Like, are you doing it for the world or are you doing it for after? So like for me, like I'd get t- caught up in worldly things. And I remember, bro, this is just a speck of time in my timeline. I'm not trying to get caught up in this. And like, that's not to say again, recognizing the struggle. My struggle is I get caught up in worldly things and it takes me usually 24 hours to, you know, depending on how bad, maybe two, three days. And then, moving past it. Like I had a, uh, I had a conflict the other day and, uh, it's pretty like, pretty like mm, demeaning conflict, I would say. And, uh, 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 I, 
I was like, all right, well, you know, we'll have another follow-up conversation after this, like give each other time to cool down. And the first thing I said going in there, not something I wanted to say, uh, I was like, listen, in the eyes of God, we're all equal and we're all, and you are my brother. And if we keep that in the forefront of our minds, I think things will be fine. And so like that made the conversation really good. So I think that's just like what you have to remember as you go forward. You know what I mean? Like, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not great at it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like this, like uh, I'm beating my chest, righteous Christian man or anything like that. It's just, I know who I am. I know what I'm supposed to represent and what I'm trying to. And I struggle every day. I fall short every day and I just keep moving forward, man. That's all you can do. Well, I'm starting to share a little bit more of faith on this podcast. We talked about a little bit on yesterday when I was talking with Blaine, you know, we talked about you'll know when God wants you to be in a certain spot, you know, you talking about Blaine Kinsley? Uh, Blaine Donahoe. Oh, Donahoe, Donahoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, yeah, my bad. No, you're good. Uh, we talked about, like, you'll know that feeling when you when God wants you to be in a certain place at a certain time, you know. And, you know, I'm starting to share that a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's awesome that you talk about, you know, faith and you talk about, like, you know, we're all equals in the eyes of God. And, you know, there's no one righteous. No, you know, no, not one. There's no one righteous in this world in that, you know, we're all human. We make mistakes and we do, we do dumb things from time to time. But like, if we keep in the forefront of our minds that, you know, we're imperfect and we'll always be imperfect. I think life will be a lot smoother. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I think like, when you get into college athletics, like people talk about like, you know, hierarchy and stacking and like, you know, like this team pays the bills or whatever it might be right. or this, that, the third. And like, I like to me, like, okay, like that, but like, that's like a worldly thing, right? Like at the end of the day, I got a guy and meet the creator. So like, I don't like, that's, that's a worldly thing. You know what I mean? Like that's literally a worldly thing right. or like, uh, I, I, that's, that's something I want on my conscience. Like, you know what I mean? When well, I'm li- sitting on my deathbed, I'm not going to be like, man, thank God I was with the team that paid the bills. Like, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hopefully God sees it that way. All right, peace out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like, like, I just like, uh, there's so many issues and problems I've had that like I've could have avoided or that I, I learned from now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like you are where you're supposed to be. Like, so the book's written, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at this time. And, like, I can't take all the good things and then say, well, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. I can't be here anymore. Like, this isn't for me. So, like, I've done that a lot in my career where, like, you know, I've, I've, I've like, taken the struggle and I've been like, okay, like, now I'm going to change the struggle by going somewhere else. But like I really haven't changed the struggle within myself because I keep running into the same issues. So like I need to stay and fight through the struggle. And then once I conquer that struggle, now I know that going forward, I'll know, is this a problem that I need to move on? Or is this a problem that I need to not be a baby about? Right. You know what I mean, and that again, pride, right? So not letting pride dictate my decision making. I made a, a promise and commitment to my wife. I've made a, uh, a, a promise and commitment to my future children 
to be here for a while so like the children can be around their grandparents and all that when we have them and so like that is my uh uh my goal you know what i mean and i hope that works out but if it's not in the plan it's not in the plan but my goal is to make that work out but again i don't know where i'm gonna be tomorrow you know i never know these things i might get hit by a car on my way to my car like you know what i mean i could be in the hospital tomorrow i don't know like you know what i mean like I could, like, my aunt looked perfectly healthy, and then she got cancer. Like, I could have cancer. You never know what's going to happen. So, like, you just try not to worry about all the stupid stuff that, like, people get caught up in as far as strength and conditioning, all this stuff. Just make impacts and make relationships, man. Make impacts, make relationships, and build uh, build connections with people, man. Build as many connections with as many people. Try to impact as many people and, you know, be good at your job and have fun like life's too short to not have fun. absolutely well thank you don for your time and you know for coming on here and sharing just you and you know your advice and you know just you in general man like getting to know you you know the past like hour was awesome it was absolutely awesome <laughs> hey man hashtag uh make vulnerability uh 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 normalize vulnerability. that's gonna be on tweet here in about two minutes <laughs> well thank you all for listening to another episode of the conjugate chats with your hosts here coach raspberry don thank you for your time and in the name of strength stay strong and have a day today hey have a great day man